Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the new look sixes on the floor tonight. Well, part of the new look sixes on the floor tonight. Sixes down by as much as 22 and tried to become the comeback kids in this one, but fall just a little short on a Friday night front end of a back-to-back. Hello, all. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers postgame show here with Derek Bodner. I'm Devon Givens. Brianna is producing. Kyle Newbeck will join live from the center once he's finished with all the post-game duties that he has there, speaking to the new guys, the older guys, the head coach, all of it. But the Sixers fall short, 127-121. They dropped their fourth straight, and uh, we have a lot to talk about in this one because it looked like it was going to be a rout early. It was like, oh, man, this is ugly on a Friday night. Let's make this post-game show quick. <laughs> we still might do that on a Friday night, being that we have to be here tomorrow. But they did provide some entertainment some head scratchers towards the end of the game as well. Had us saying, oh, no, what are you doing? Give us a win here tonight so we could talk about some good things. There were still some good things to discuss. Maybe a glimpse, glimpse mm. of what to, what's to come later on once they get their reinforcements back. But with all that said, we can't wait to speak with all of you. And I can't wait to hear what Derek has to say. What's going on, man? How much? I'm doing well. It's been a long time, no talk. After doing a good old two-hour show together yesterday, we're right back in this one. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, man, listen, down by as much as 22 in this one. And and quite frankly, I I think once you got back from the arena, uh, I wasn't down there tonight. And you came in and I'm like, yeah, this is going to continue to be a route. But they turned it around a little bit and showed some signs of, of some things that I know both you and Kyle like to see. Rich as well was with us a part of our dead trade deadline show yesterday they hoisted up a lot of shots Derek and they hoisted up a lot of three-pointers to give themselves an opportunity to put some points on the board yep. but you know it also got you down 22 points I understand that they don't have all of their players no Tyrese Maxey tonight still dealing with an illness Tobias Harris toughed it out he was out there tonight DeAnthony Melton Nick Batum of course you had the people who you traded away no Joel Embiid Robert Covington etc playing some of the young guys, saw some decent stuff from them. So what was your takeaway from this one? Because it seemed like there were kind of like 
two different games uh, yeah. tonight. Look, we have all been on them for a long time. They don't shoot enough threes. They don't get up enough threes. They don't give themselves a chance to win the math battle. And I think tonight was a pretty good example of why. Did they play great basketball? No. The first half was wretched. Offensively, they weren't getting into their sets. Defensively, they weren't getting back in transition. Atlanta scored multiple times on easy, fast break. Opportunities off of made shots. The Sixers with communication, which you kind of expect with two new starters in there. Yep. But their communication, even when they had, you know, their, their, I don't want to say veterans, but the people who have been on the team all year was abysmal. But they hoisted a lot of threes in the second half. And because of that, they gave themselves a chance to win. Look, I think campaign was 0 for 3 from 3 or 0 for 4 in the first half. He ended up shooting lights out of the ball in the second half. I think he made at least four threes there in the second half. Um, Buddy sort of got it going a little bit. Like they gave themselves a chance to win, not because they played perfect basketball, but because they got a lot of shots up and some people got hot at the right time. And that's one thing. That's just a dynamic to this team that they haven't had all season. When you get Tyrese Maxey back to create space for Buddy Heald, when you get Joel Embiid specifically back to create space, now that you have a chance to compete in the math battle along with a guy who can give you 40 on any given night, along with a guy in Tyrese Maxey who can get his shot whenever he wants, it will be easier to operate offensively. I, there's a lot of concerns defensively, but it was at least encouraging to see they had people on there who shot the ball. It seems obvious. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but after watching Tobias Harris for years pump fake and hesitate and jab step his way out of open three-pointers, just watching Buddy going like, Screw it. I caught the ball. I'm going to shoot the ball. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I love it. And and there was no hesitation at no. all from if, either if, one of if them. If you could take like 10% of Buddy's confidence and give it to Tobias, you'd probably make both of them a better player. Same thing with Kelly. If you could take 10% of Kelly's confidence, give it to Tobias, the team would be much better off. But again, will Buddy probably annoy me at times with the shot selection? Maybe. But after years and years and years of watching the other, just having a guy who's going to launch it is great. So, yeah, because it, it, immediately I'm sitting there looking, Derek, and I'm like, all right, the first one goes to, to, to campaign. He takes a wing three in front of the Sixers bench. He misses. Okay. Buddy Hill then comes down. Oh, you know, you're not going to show me up. I'm going to get my shot here. And you can see right away that those two, even though not that they were like con conspiring and saying we were going to take all the shots tonight since we were the two new guys, but you know how two new guys coming in, yeah. they don't know the other guys either, but we're the two new ones. Let's try to get going early. Now, I don't know that that was the Nick Nurse philosophy early to get them going. I'm sure he wanted to run the offense, but they took their first few shots, and you saw it immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, first, these guys are going to squeeze off tonight. First minute of the game, I think those two combined 0 for 3 with a right, turnover. Right. They were getting theirs. They were, they getting, were getting their shots. No yeah. question. And uh, But, no, to, to your point, Watching them come down and shoot, the one thing that you talk about, all right, Patrick Beverly's not here, but the one thing that he did not lack was confidence out there on the floor. Campaign, for what you want to say about him, it's easier for him. What he lacks maybe in defense that, yeah. that uh, Patrick Beverly provided here with the Sixers, Campaign makes up for it on the offensive end where we would talk about the old man game of Patrick Beverly and what he does, the pivoting uh, down there on the low block, the, the jump hooks, the running hooks, the push shots that he had. And, and, and trust me, watching the campaign for years with the Phoenix Suns, he has that push shot too, but it's totally different where you're like, that's probably going to go in. Now, so with that being said, you could see those two guys are going to come in again and get those shots off. As Derek said, they're going to drive you nuts, Sixer fans. You've already seen enough of Buddy Hill, so I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. 
Maybe you haven't seen a lot of campaign, and I'm not saying that I'm a campaign expert. I just know that I watched a lot of him during that time, and even after he left Phoenix with the Milwaukee Bucks this season also, he is a player who is not afraid to get shots up. And, and so with that, right now in this opportunity, no Maxi, no Embiid, and, and the way that they're going to have the ball and trying to get some things going, running that two-man game, running the dribble handoff, and looking for each other, they're going to get shots off. They're going to drive you nuts. Both of them are going to drive you crazy. Because even in this game, getting down to 22, there were spots during the, the, the totaling of the 22-point deficit that they had where I was looking at both campaign and Buddy Hill saying, no, don't take that shot. But in the second half, as Derek alluded to, campaign got it going. He started cooking. He was making point guard passes. That He had, he had a couple mm-hmm. of guys with some good looks for some layup opportunities. Didn't always go his way, but he did make some good look. Like with one assist early, he had Paul Reed cut into the middle of the lane, push out for Paul Reed, easy 10-footer right there for him to drop. He's going to look for his teammates, but he's also ultra-confident, super-confident in himself as an offensive scorer, especially when he has an opportunity like this to play 30-plus minutes in a game. And when you don't really understand and know the plays, you don't know the playbook as of yet, you're just going to play basketball. And that's exactly what those two did tonight. Some semblance of basic things from basic principles of easy offense, pick and roll stuff, flare things, and of course driving and believing that you can get by your man, especially when you're your defender, his name is Trey Young, you're definitely going to feel good about your, your driving ability and getting to the basket and scoring. I'm not going to sit here and pump these two up and think that they're going to be saviors for this basketball team. No, because yeah. as Derek said, with the 30 remaining games, 14 and 16 is a decent number. But you can see with the shooting, and then you see Kelly Oubre, Maxi comes back, that there's a potential that when teams are w- going to want to run and gun and try to score, those two, plus Oubre and Maxi, of course, and Harris, they have the ability to get a lot of shots up too to give yourself a chance to win a basketball game. Yeah, and look, neither campaign or buddy were in the optimal role for them tonight. Like they're not the kinds of players that you look at and you go, all right, our, our lead initiators are out. Our, our guys that you want to create shots are out. Let's try to ramp these players up and have them create for the whole team. That's not really their game at all. You, they're not creators. They are finishers. They are floor spacers. They are gravity people. Um, they play better off of stars than taking over four stars. So it was never going to be clean, in part because you don't have Max and B to create space and create open shots, in part because it, they literally arrived today. Yep. Given all of those, I think you were probably okay with what you saw from them today because at least you saw Buddy with the ability to shoot quick and early in transition, the sidestep three, the ability to attack a little bit off the bounce when there's a closeout to attack. You saw a glimpse of what he could do when he has a little bit more space. And again... Both of them are pretty flawed players, hence why you can get them for second round picks. Mm-hmm. But the question becomes, does what they bring mesh well enough alongside of Joel Embiid that this is the right spot to get the most out of them? And I'm interested. I'm really interested to see because whenever jo- Joel Embiid has a guy with real elite gravity, with a real quick trigger, that pairing tends to work really well. And there are, you know, Daryl Morey spoke about it before the game, but he's talking about Buddy Heald and how there's very, like, teams fear Buddy Heald. Well, they don't necessarily fear, fear the entire player, but they fear the shot because the shot can come from deep. The shot can come from anywhere. The shot can come off of movement and the shot can come early in a shot clock off transition at a moment's notice. And when you have that kind of player who teams are afraid to double off of, 
who teams will you know show a crowd to when he comes off of a screen or a DHO. It just opens things up. And I just always go back to when Embiid had that two-man dribble handoff game with JJ, JJ Redick a couple of years ago. Embiid, every now and then, every like 10th time they'd run it, Embiid would just roll down the lane with nobody covering because two ran at JJ. You finally have somebody who two might run at mm-hmm. Buddy Heald. Get your own beat something easy because this is a guy and a superstar who just has so little, you know, so few easy opportunities for him. It will be a, it'll be fun to watch. Hopefully we get a chance to eventually watch that. And the one thing about the J.J. Reddick, I always said this when we watched Simmons and, and Embiid were always the favorites because they had the two all-stars. They had the franchise players at that point together. They were the future of this, of this organization. But the one thing for me with J.J. Reddick that made him my favorite to watch was because we understood what the defensive side was, but we also know what the offensive side piece was too. That's why they paid him what they paid him, paying him 20 plus million for individual seasons when he signed those, those contracts because of what his ability to shoot the basketball opens up so much, not only for Joel Embiid, but the same for Ben Simmons, if he was willing to cut down the middle of the lane or the same thing along the baseline. And the other part that opened so many other, other things up for them was J.J. Reddick's ability to, as he rose up, he was so unselfish. Yes, he was confident in his shot, but he was so unselfish that understand that two people are now on him defending him. Hey, guess what? I had this big dude that just became free because of the attention that I am getting, and he is only 15 feet away from the basket on the baseline. Let me drop it off to him for him to finish at the rim, dunk, layup, foul, gets to the free throw line. He shoots 80-plus percent from the free throw line. That's what made J.J. Redick so lethal, and, and that, that two-man game between Redick and Embiid so lethal. You saw it later on with Seth Curry when he replaced J.J. Redick in that same role and to be perfectly honest with you, as much as I like Seth Curry for the job that he did, no, it's not the same. I always yeah. liked what J.J. Redick did, and I've always looked at Buddy Hill as a better player mm-hmm. than Seth Curry. So, uh, to, so as Derek said, that's not the same. So what we're looking at here is the potential that if we get Joel Embiid back this season to watch him with that team, with this group, Melton, Batum, any buyout candidates that they will sign but maybe for the stretch run the second half of the season this is what we're looking at just go back flashback to the jj reddick stuff sometimes buddy hill might drive joel and crazy because of the shots that he takes because jj reddick again was more willing to pass it but buddy hill has that he has that 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 tunnel vision sometimes yeah. that he also needs to have that vision of i'm gonna hit the right play here because that man just became free like reddick used to do seth curry not so much. He wasn't a playmaker either. And I'm not saying Buddy Hill is. But if they go back and show him some of that film, when he does come back, boy, that opens up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, we saw that with Paul Reed. They sent two at Buddy late in the game. Paul was wide open under the basket. They missed that play. A couple more plays like that. Yep. Maybe they pull out this win. And look, they made a nice comeback. It's, it's, it's just great to have a little bit of optimism, quite frankly, after the last couple of weeks. A comeback loss feels like we're kings of the world. Um, but they do need to pick up some actual wins here, not just moral victories to keep, uh, keep a top six seed. This was an opportunity. It was a little bit tough to, um, to miss that opportunity. And part of that was like, they had missed a yeah. bunch, like that pass to read, um, oh, I had layup, it in the notes. But you, you have the notes campaign, of all the missed opportunities. Campaign yep. first. That was a yep. campaign, had a runner left side, his strong hand. Yep. And he was, he was challenged. But campaign makes that all day long. That's why you saw his reaction. He slapped his hands. He was ticked off at himself that he missed that runner 
right there at the rim. Then the second play, as you talked about, Heald missing a wide-open Paul Reed. I mean, Paul Reed was dunking this basketball if he catches it underneath the basket, undeterred, nothing there, finishes that with two. And then Kelly Oubre does get fouled, gets to the free throw line, but he splits a pair. Yep. So at that point, had he made his free throw and those two baskets, the Sixers down seven would have scored those six points and cut the lead 118 to 117, 1.215 to play. And that could have been a totally different yeah. final two minutes of that game. Yep. Uh, and like I said, given the comeback, you don't want to make too much of it. No. It was a nice comeback. But it was but fun for us to sit there and break this stuff down sure, because it was I didn't totally think, different in the I first half. I didn't think the last six minutes were going to matter. Right. So it was a good surprise. But it would have been nice to pick up a win because they do need and to. And look, they do have something. another game tomorrow against the Washington yeah, well, Wizards. Well, they better win that one because if you looked at their schedule after that, it gets tough Exactly. Real quick. So it would have been nice to see them pull this one off tonight yep. and then get that one tomorrow. So... It's going to be another free-flowing look, chance to look at the film for the new guys and also look at the playbook just a little bit. But they, they're going to have a bad team also on the second night of a back-to-back because they played Boston tonight. And, and with them playing Boston, they have to travel from Boston to Philadelphia. And it looks like they're going to – I mean, to Washington. It looks like they're going to fall to the Celtics right now, trailing right. by nine with five minutes to play. So there's that. There you go. All right, uh, before we get into any more of that, we want to make sure we tell you about Rocket Money. Because we all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting money on unnecessary subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap. And you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get your refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com phly. That's rocketmoney.com phly. Rocketmoney.com phly. And on a late night like this, sitting here in the office in the studio and watching a game and you get a little, all right, they're down 22. What am I going to do? Maybe I'll have a little snack while I, while I watch the game. Oh, it's getting interesting. I can still have my snack, my bagels and co. The Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly. As you can see, I have my cup right here, my water with the Bagels & Co. logo. Huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly, uh, hence the Brooklyn and New Jersey style that you talk about quite often. Large variety, usually have about 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. They have seasonal bagels as well. For instance, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day coming up. You, you, you love one on Valentine's Day, like a nice bagel? Go ahead. Bagels & Co., they have you covered. Largest, largest cream cheese variety, 30 different flavors of cream cheese to choose from, some uh, schmears as well, staples and seasonal flavors. So when we get here around this time, you know, during the sports season, the Eagles, during their run, cream cheese, the same with the 76ers at the moment, and they do some Philadelphia Phillies promotional things as well once the season gets underway, and we'll speak more about that once the season gets here, but they have affordable prices in today's inflationary world. They don't want to hit you in the pockets too much. They think that's key. So debating raising their prices, they've done that, but they wanted to make sure that they were an everyday brand, Bagels & Co. are, not some high-end place you stop to to splurge on just the weekends, aren't an artisan mom-and-pop spot. 
They have mom and pop feel, though, that cater to the everyday individual. A lot of the customers are repeats, and so can you be with Bagels & Co. Have really good coffee and other cups, but you can get some drinks in there in this cup. And not like the $7 Starbucks, why go to the $7 Starbucks or Dunkin' and get a subpar product when you can come to Bagels & Co. and get more premium product at the same price point? For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, Head to the website, www.thebagelsandco.com. You can check out the store locator on there as well to find the closest Bagels and Co. near you. All right. Welcome back. We did have a couple of Super Chats come in, so I figure we should probably knock these them. off before they go on for too long. We have Davon, a.k.a. Schoolboy School Beats. He says that Heald starts easily, and he wants 15 to 20 minutes out of Ricky Council and Turk. 15, 20 each or combined? Because I think combined, say, but combined I... Davon is more like it. But tonight they did play well in their short stint. Hey, Turk came out there Yo, early. Ricky he... hit a pull-up J right off the bat. I didn't know I he was had it. that. You weren't here yet because you were coming from the arena. Bree wasn't here yet. You know I said, go get him, Rick. <laughs> I was like, oh. I, I almost tweeted that out from our, our shared account in Devon's voice. Yes, uh. go get him, Rick. Because and then he knocked down two free throws in the beginning yeah. of the season he, when he got he to had, the free throw line, it was a it was a yeah. it was an adventure. Now he's been getting fouled when he's in there in crunch time. I mean in, in garbage time, he's just stepping up to the free throw line, knocking these things down. I was like, oh, Rick is you, Rick is fighting look, for his minutes, boy. When Kyle Don't get comes me started. On, you can ask him. There was a get him, Rick, on press row. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Kyle when he comes on later on, but now they did play some decent minutes. Uh, Buddy Heel certainly that fifteen to twenty. He's going to get that as a starter right now. And even when Maxie comes back and you have some campaign minutes coming off the bench, uh, Buddy Hill is going to play 30 minutes a night for, for the uh, time being that he plays. So you're going to get that, Davon, and, and he's going to get some shots off. He's going to get his money's worth during his time out there on the floor. So good minutes from Turk and Ricky Council. The fourth tonight, we'll see if they also have to play tomorrow because they'll be shorthanded against Washington. And I'll be ready for go get him, Rick. If he comes in and plays that way again. I just, look, he had an open three. He took it. No hesitation either. All I want to see. Yeah. Turk early though. Again, first, first pass, it was like a pick and roll with Tobias and Tobias flared out and he threw that right to the seat. So it was a bad pass. I thought he was nervous right away because he was being defended by Forrest as he was bringing the ball up and he already had his back turned pretty quickly as Forrest put some pressure on him and, and he made that pass. But after that, he settled down. Had a nice deal at the end of the second quarter for a uh, a dunk after making two three pointers before that, and then on the on the other end with about six seconds left, uh, somehow Trey Young got open because there was a miscommunication between right. Turk and I believe it was I want to say it was uh, Kelly Oubre. They double teamed someone else. Trey Young wide open knocks down a three at the end of the second quarter. But all in all, decent minutes from those two young players. I do think probably Buddy ends up coming off the bench. If this full squad ever gets, oh yeah, healthy. yeah, for sure. I just I don't, in, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm like long term because I think that's maybe where his question because Melton's going to start. His defense yeah, think, is still there. Yeah, yeah, especially and look, you're not going to take Harris or Batum out because right. you want their size. You need some like having a, a Maxi, um, Melton, uh, Buddy starting lineup is too short, too defensively challenged. So I think it only comes down to Melton or Buddy. I think they're going to bring Buddy off the bench, but we'll see. We'll see. You could always surprise us. Okay. Couple more super chats. Yep. Uh, Bernard McCoy. Uh, need to realize that good NBA players need magnets like Buddy. Please stop trashing Maxi. 
hard playing with non-shooters even for Embiid. Agree 100%. I think our last couple shows have reflected that. I think we've spoken a lot about how there's no gravity, about how there's really nobody to alleviate any kind of pressure on Maxi when other teams trap him. There's no one that you worry about beating him. I think we've beaten that pretty hard here over the last week or two. He's Bernard is probably mentioning that a lot for the chat and the commenters, uh, but I think we are 100% on board. I think it's real easy. To, I, I've said it pretty much after every post game that Maxi's played here since Embiid went down that this is this group is uniquely ill prepared to try to ramp up Maxi in a primary creator right. role. Buddy will help, but he's not going to solve everything. Yeah, and when we have talked about Maxi needing to, we we talked about his maturity, but when we've talked about him in these games where he struggled, we've simply discussed the fact that he's seen some different coverages some different looks overall, and the fact that the length has bothered him sometime in, in these games. It's not to take away from the player that we think he is. It's just simply saying that there are still some things, even with the mature player that he has become, there are still some levels of maturity that he can find as a primary number one because Embiid is out and still learning on the job as good as he has been this season as a point guard. So for the people who do bash Maxi, maybe Bernard's talking more to them than he is talking I'm to sure. us. Yep. But uh, I understand and agree completely with you about having that type of help with him out there on the floor now. By the way, Barb says, every time we do those Bagels & Co. commercials, makes her hungry. Barb, find the nearest location uh, to you and go get some of those, those Bagels & Co. Uh, bagels with some cream cheese and whatever you like for your bagels. All right, another super chat. Let's go. What up, Al? Is it time to start worrying about Melton? Yes. Al's been time to worry about Melton. I Look, the moment you hear back, <laughs> yes. I get worried. Especially now as I'm aging into it, we don't need to talk about it. I hear back, I, I get it. concerned. You hear that this is a back problem, a back soreness, discomfort that was causing him discomfort last year, and now yep. it's back. Mm -hmm. 100% I'm worried. And then you add in how long he's been out, how much there was an initial attempt to try to get it under control back in... Just, was it December when he started yes. missing games? Yes. Came back, had to take more time off. When he first started taking more time off the second time, it was like it might be a couple game thing. The next thing you know, he's out for a month. Yeah, no, I'm concerned. So let sure. me ask you this, because it coincides with it. Trading Jaden Springer, knowing that you're dealing with a back injury, why do it? I Especially mean, if you don't, if Ricky Council is not ready for those types of minutes. And you may not go deeper into your bench unless it's Kelly Oubre that's going to step in there and start, et cetera. Why do that to at least not have that in your back pocket in the event that you need those type of defensive minutes just to pressure because he's not going to start, but you can still call his number to come in and be that defensive guy to pound pressure whoever it is that he's guarding. I mean, the easiest explanation is they just don't believe in Jaden Springer offensively at all. They don't trust him. They don't believe in him. They don't think he will get to where he needs to get in the next year or two. Uh, and they just like Nick Nurse isn't going to play him. I okay. think I, so. Here, but I'm, here. I'm saying that to say they know what Melton's back injury is. Sure. How bad it is. But they still made that deal to get a second round pick and feel like we're good enough. We're okay still sending him where we sent him. And also knowing whatever it is that's keeping him with his back, Melton, off the floor. To, to make that move. And, yeah, and look, I think it. they made the move. And Daniel House Jr. Yeah, I think they made the move for a number of reasons. And that doesn't mean I agree with it. In fact, I, I don't. Yes. First, I think they want the second round pick, which, you know, it's coming from Chicago in this year's draft. 
So that's going to be, you know, early 40s-ish, early, like 41 to 45, somewhere in that range. Not a great pick. I don't think Daryl Morey has any real interest in making a selection with that pick. In fact, he spoke earlier today before the game. There was a press conference that he held where he talked about they think that they can get use that pick to get a contribution in an earlier time frame, and I'm paraphrasing here, than they would have gotten a contribution from Jaden Springer in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't mean selecting a player and developing. He means trading that pick. They think they can use that to trade for a veteran, somebody who can help in an earlier time frame than Jaden Springer would have helped in the playoffs. I think there's a little bit of truth to that. I don't think that's a full story, though. I think they also want to create cap space next summer. That's $4 million off of the books. I think they also want to create space under the luxury tax. That's another $2 million in luxury tax space or space under the luxury tax line. I don't think Josh Harris wants to go into the tax. So they currently have three open roster spots. You probably see them try to sign two buyout players. If you don't trade Jane Springer, you might not, you might only be able to sign one buyout player. And they probably think they get somebody on the buyout market. That they trust in the playoffs more than Jane Springer. And again, I don't necessarily like any of this philosophy because at some point, especially in a salary capped league, you have to develop your young players and keep them around on cost controlled deals. We're looking at it with Isaiah Joe. You're mm -hmm. paying $18 million and three second round draft picks to get Buddy healed because you gave up on Isaiah Joe too early. Do I worry a little bit that they're doing the same thing here with a very young 21 year old and Jaden Springer who right now could be a, a, I don't know, top, certainly a top 10 perimeter defender. I think he has that kind of upside right now as a man to man defender on the perimeter. Yeah, I worry about that. Okay. I worry that they get a little bit too short-sighted with some of these young guys and say, look, if my coach isn't going to play him, then I'm going to trade him, create some flexibility on their luxury tax so we can go out and get a, you know, a, another buyout guy and a second-round pick we can trade for another veteran. Yeah, I don't necessarily love that philosophy, but I think that's where they're at. Okay. All right. And um, if it's Kyle Lowry and we are going to watch Melton deal with his back injury, all season long. I'm just jumping and projecting out right now. I want to ask this question because who is your second backcourt starter with Tyrese Maxey in the event? Because we talk about Melton with his defense and all. Is it simply Kyle Lowry? And then campaigns becomes your, your primary backup off the bench. Still, what, 10, 15 minutes. Buddy Hill coming off the bench, Kelly Oubre. Those are your guards and wings right there. Yeah. Is it Kyle? I, this is all hypothetical, folks. So we're just messing around here because... The back issue, as you just said, it's really serious. Dating back to last season, he's missing games right now and has missed a number of games. And they said that he may come back after the All-Star break, not even before the All-Star break. So I'm just saying that. Is there a possibility that that's what the backcourt looks like if Melton cannot go? Yeah, I don't Lowry know. and Maxi As a starting? As the starter. I think they would probably start Buddy in that instance. Hmm. But... It's not, none of the options are great. Like you just don't have a defensive option to really throw in there. Like everyone and, and Lowry used to be a good defender, but at this point at 37, I laterally, I don't have faith in him. But you know, he will give the effort. Sure. Effort. He knows the angles. Sure. And the, all of, like all of the Batum yep, stuff. Sure. Sure. But having two Batums on there can get problem. Like you need somebody who can physically keep up with the other. You right. Know. Right. Um, yeah. Their options aren't great. Right. So, I, and we don't know who the other guys who are going to be cut and waived and are guards and wings with some bigger body frames, body types that the Sixers might target. Just because of the Lowry thing that we've talked about so much, I wanted to throw that question um, uh, in there. Uh, Davon, with two more super chats in here, says, 
sent Springer to study under Drew, shaking my head, idiots. <laughs> don't forget about Derek White. <laughs> so, yeah. No. <laughs> don't forget I'd about like- Derek and Al Horford. Say what you forget about positionally. You're talking about three good defenders, and even though Al Horford is not the same type of defender, you know what he does? He defends one guy really well, (laughs) Joel Embiid, and he knows how. So it's just about the teaching at that point. To your point, Davon, and man, did did they send him right to that spot. And it was reported also that Sam Cassell was one who vouched for him when when he was approached about... Jaden Springer, should we make this move? Brad Stevens. Tyler Lashbrook also up yes, there. Yes, also on the staff. Yep. And they vouched for him. And they, they, they said some, they must have said some good stuff about what they dealt with while they were here with him together. Yeah. No, look, he's... He's going to learn. And it's frustrating because so Maury, again, Kyle and I were at the press conference earlier. I was going to ask you about it, so you might as well get into it. Sure. Um, he, Maury, and I quote, our evaluation was that his timetable to help the playoff team is farther out than what the second round pick can do for us. Uh, Maury then talked about trading the pick. Um, you know, he also spoke a lot about the timetable not lining up and he thinks he needs work and it's, you know, he likes the kid, but it's just not going to work. But he traded him to a team that has even higher playoff aspirations than the Sixers do who have, that's question could use man, the depth to hear that explanation and have learned how to Ooh. develop those kinds of players. <laughs> uh, and you're right. It might be the perfect spot for him. Because he gets a year and a half of learning under Drew, under Derek White, players who, uh, especially in White's case, had sort of like developed to become a good enough offensive player to stick around, not stick around, but to get major minutes in the league and become the borderline all-star that he has become. It's a good spot for him. He is He's 21, can play really good perimeter defense, and is just built like a tank. Yeah, I would have liked to see him around. I would have liked, just once, I would like to see, not like, hey, man, this guy we drafted, we were able to wait three years and flip him for a second-round pick. How about you just draft him and, I don't know, turn him into a useful player? Every one of them is not going to turn into Tyrese Maxey, your late first-round picks. They're not, but you can develop them into something and see. All of them are not going to develop immediately like Herb Jones as a late first-round yep. pick. But you and have look, to have time. You have to give your players time. I don't even disagree with Maury's evaluation. I don't think you can play Jaden in the playoffs right now, outside of maybe mm-hmm. like a possession here or there, there where you really need to stop, like a defensive yeah. end of game kind of sub. His offense was a little far away. But man, if he ends up developing, and again, he's only 21, there's a chance he could develop over the next six months uh, into a playable offensive player, then I think they sold low. And one of the things that Brad Stevens said, he said, we do things maybe a little nerdy up here in Boston where their evaluation also comes from watching him in the G League when they've played against the Delaware Blue Coast, the main uh, Red Claws, yep. played against the Blue Coast, and he said he was phenomenal in the G League, and they saw stuff in there that they felt like they could mm-hmm. put their finger on and and tweak it a bit to help him become a better player. Can I and, what, a- and what Daryl can't say, you know, when he's given that answer, is he can't say like, hey, Josh Harris really wanted to get under the luxury no, tax. Sure, like you can't no. come out and say that, no. but I think everyone who's really paying attention understands that, yes, there's some truth to what Daryl's saying and that we don't trust him in the playoffs right now because of his offense. He needs some development. We can use a second-round pick in a trade. We all sort of like get that there's some truth to that. But anyone paying attention also gets there's some truth to the fact that they want to stay under the luxury tax. And by trading him, they can now go out and sign two buyout players, two buyout players who they think might be able to help them play offs better than one. That's part of it too. But you also, like you've got three open roster spots, you could have kept Jaden Springer and signed two buyout players. You just had to be willing to pay a luxury tax, but Daryl can't go out and openly say that. So yeah. they, that's why you, know, you will say like, you'll see reporters say like, oh, this created salary cap flexibility for the Sixers. No, it didn't. 
it created some space under the luxury tax. And that will end up like when they traded D house and got under the luxury tax, that ended up saving the Sixers $18 million. Well, the Sixers, Josh Harris, Josh $18 Harris. million dollars <laughs> because you had the $4 million that house was making like $3 million in luxury tax penalties that he would have taken you over. And then like $12 million in, in luxury tax distribution that goes to teams under the tax. That is part of the reason. Yep. It absolutely is. Yep. A uh, couple of cool tweets here before we get to the super chats. Uh, one from great name, by the way, I think it's Aaron, but his handle on YouTube is a Aaron. Love it. It's like a Key and Peele name on, the, on their, <laughs> yeah. sk their skits, yep. right? A.A. Ron says, are those guys going to teach him how to jump off of one foot? <laughs> the I mean, Celtics? <laughs> we, we brought that up in, uh, yes, in the we show did. yesterday. We've so been talking that, about that That's for a while. great one. A.A. Ron, we appreciate it, Aaron. And then we had our, our good buddy Al says, I saw a Hornets reporter. I saw it too. It was Rob Boone who covers the Charlotte Hornets talking about Mitch Kupchak, the general manager, answering a question about Kyle Lowry. When's that going to, uh, some news going to come from that. And he said the move should be made in the next 24 yep. to 48 hours. So how, how quickly can the Sixers sign anyone who's uh, available? Well, yes, clear waivers. Uh, Once I he clear waivers, that I takes mean. takes 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, after that, you're good to go. You're good to go. Yep. And, and remember, I think this is pretty much just the... I don't want to say a done deal, but I'd be very stunned right. if he's not a sixer in a week. Yeah. So so there's that. We appreciate that, Al. Uh, back to Davon, who has a couple of uh, more super chats. He's just throwing, he's sharing the wealth. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Davon says, um, still wants Kispert, who makes sense in a buyout. I don't know that they will buy him out because he's not a situation like Killian Hayes, where he hasn't done anything with right. the Washington Wizards. Or I saw another one that was, just, oh, uh, James Booknight with the Charlotte Hornets. Done nothing with the Charlotte Hornets. I still have interest in him a little bit, but he just needs, certain players don't need to be in certain situations. Yep. Just saying. So maybe a developmental guy type, type of thing with him. Uh, but Kispert, I don't think he will be bought out. Dayron, sorry to burst that bubble, at least from my perspective because he's still a valuable player, can play some decent minutes or good enough minutes with the Washington team. And they may have the ability to trade him in, at the, tra at the uh, draft or somewhere around there in the offseason where it met, that may be a, a deal that's done later on for them. I like Kispert. Uh, we talked about them when I just got back in December, and I like Kispert more than Derek and Kyle did, but they didn't just flat out dismiss him. I just think I like them a little bit more. And, and Davon, I think we're in the same ballpark there. Decent uh, frame, can shoot the hell out of yep, the basketball. The yep. Yeah, so I, I and he's still, he, he's he's an older player in terms of playing, staying in school as long as he did, but he provides what we've been talking about, and that's that shooting. And uh, one more from Dave, Davon. It's been the Davon Super Chat night. It really has. You know what? You get an early <laughs> for, for that. Um. Critics of Springer and his offense forget about Jimmy's, talking about Jimmy Butler with the Bulls, his first two years in Chicago. Jimmy was the 30th overall pick for the Chicago Bulls out of Marquette, and he did have to develop his offense. The difference is he spent four years at Marquette, and he had a different... Um, he already had a different skill set at that point, but you're right to your point of the development where he really had to earn those minutes, earn that time with that team, and develop his offensive 
offensive game overall to become, quite frankly, a Hall of Famer uh, to for where he is right now. So yeah. What do you well, think? Look, I think there's a couple things. First of all, I think I think Butler showed more as a scorer at Marquette than Springer did in Tennessee, and that's not fair because Butler was there for I think he played three years, but he was a, a senior. He was a senior. Yeah. Uh, Jaden obviously only there a year. He's still younger, I think, now than when Jimmy made his NBA debut. So it's tough to compare those two. Mm-hmm. But when I, I remember scouting Jimmy, he was you thought he had talent. He showed real ability to drive, get to the paint, get to the free throw line. Wasn't near the playmaker he is now. No. Uh, he's grown a lot in that regard. He's grown as a shooter when he doesn't take months off from shooting the basketball. Uh, he's, he's I, th- I think he was a more natural scorer even when he wasn't a big-time scorer in the NBA. Yet, that being said, like Jimmy Butler's development over the years is very outlier, very edge case. You can, There's a lot of players you can say like, hey, look, look at what Jimmy did. Maybe this guy can too. Well, the truth is if you get 100 players who had Jimmy Butler's profile – maybe two of them end up having the career that he had. It's hard to bank on Jaden Springer being one of those two. That being said, whenever I have a guy like that who has a clear, identifiable NBA skill, and in Springer's case, that skill is half of the game, I'm always going to have a little bit of interest in keeping him around and not selling him for a relatively easy-to-acquire second-round pick that you can get a million... That 42nd or 44th pick, you can probably end up buying one of those in June... I'm just not like, yeah, you get a little bit of flexibility. You can use that to trade. Really, it comes down to the fact that you can get another guy on the buyout market while staying under the luxury tax. That's just not compelling to me when I have a guy who I have, I believe that much in on the defensive side of the court. Am I going to like raise a pitchfork and really get angry about it? No. no. Like, I don't think Jaden Springer was going to help you this year in the playoff run. I'm not even telling you he was going to help you next year in the playoff run either. I just think he was worthwhile keeping around on the roster to see if he could. Yep. Um, Kev Simon says, trying to compare Jimmy to Jaden is nasty work at any level. I mean, it's like I said, if you had 100 <laughs> players who came in the league with Jimmy's profile, two of them might end up becoming the kind of player Jimmy was. You yeah. just can't bank on it. Yep. Uh, Kane says, I hope Lowry doesn't get a lot of minutes. He's going to get some minutes if he's in this uniform because they're going to need him, quite frankly. Yeah. You're going to need some perimeter help defensively, not just to help as a secondary ball handler, for Tyrese Maxey, but you also need that because of the fact that the experience, the playoff experience that he has, championship that that he won, all of that stuff, and he's going to be out there to help with shooting, running the offense, all the things that he does, um, all the things that he does. And yes, Al. Oh, I thought someone stole the bell. We thought so too, yeah. but Brianna found it. Bree found it. In the other studio, they we, hid it from us. We spent a week accusing our coworkers of theft, and theft. we just forgot where we put it. For a $5 <laughs> bill. So we apologize so that's on us. Yep. to everybody here at PHLY, our family. We're sorry. Um, bagels on Bagels & Co. For, for, for us blaming you. So there, there's that. Um, I wanted to ask you this. We, we got a lot of people who still want to get chats. We'll check in with Kyle in a little bit. You were at the press conference earlier with Daryl Morey explaining it's always the post-trade deadline press conference. You spoke about the Jaden Springer piece, the Buddy Heel part with what he said about everybody's deathly afraid of Buddy Heel fearing him out there on the floor because of his shooting ability. What are some other things that stood out? Anything that stand out with the campaign piece? And did he even get into the buyout situation at all? He didn't really talk too much about the buyout situation other than the fact that um, you know, that was an option for them. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he did mention that they wanted to get a backup center. Didn't directly talk about who that might have been, uh, but that Embiid's injury, he, like he was basically asked whether or not Embiid's injury uh, played an impact or a role in their trade trade deadline activity or what yep. their goals were. And he said, for the most part, no, um, that they were going to try to improve the team with, you know, whether Embiid was injured or whether he was still healthy. But that the one way it did impact them is that they were hoping to get a backup center to add while Embiid is out. That didn't happen, so we'll see whether or not that does anything with the buyout market. But no, for the most part, I mean, it was, um, you know, mostly about Buddy, mostly about, honestly, quite a bit about Jaden Springer. That was certainly brought up. Um, those were probably the two major focal points, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I was curious, since I wasn't there. It was only about, I'd say about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, and yeah. and I was just really curious to see what he what he had to say. We did that. post it up. The whole the whole press conference is up at PHLY underscore sports on YouTube. So be sure to go check that out. And of course, if you're not already subscribed, then subscribe to the channel because we post stuff like that. And also, of course, you get to see our shows. Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Of course, we're not going away. Just letting you know, we'll be back tomorrow. Doubleheader, basically, or pardon me, back to back, not a doubleheader, back to oh, back. He, he did also address the Pat Bev comments. Okay. Yeah. What did he say? He just basically that said that like, look, you know, we were... Uh, when we had that conversation, there wasn't a deal on the table. Um, then it came uh, became obvious that he was Pat Bever was going to have a decreased role, so we thought it best to put him in a spot where he had a chance to play because we know that's important to him. That's the general gist of that one. Okay. And while we await Kyle, can I throw a couple of names at you for some buyout names? Sure. Just Go to for you it. give a yes, no, short explanation. Oh, Kyle's here. Yeah, you know, we'll do that a little bit later then. Since Why don't Kyle we just here. put him on hold for five minutes? We put him waste on hold. a little bit of time for him. Hold, no, please. Bring him on. Yeah. Hold, hold, please. <laughs> Let's go to the arena. Check in. Kyle shaking his head. He's like, "Look, man, it's a Friday night. I had to watch bad basketball in the first half. Can we get to this?" You got to replace me with a buyout guy. I guess, <laughs> apparently, if you're skipping over me to talk about buyout players, I don't know. Well, Kyle, I mean, we'll start. First of all, it was a it was an ugly basketball game in the in the first 24 minutes where the Sixers were down by as much as 22 points. Saw some flashes from a couple of players, most notably your guy, Turk, with a steal at the end of the second with a dunk right there, and then a defensive breakdown on the other end. <laughs> Give up a Trey Young three, but it happens. But that being said, your, your first impressions of Buddy Hill campaign and what they did to really also help in the second half to bring them as, to, as close to as much as, what was it, four in the, in the late part of the game. Yeah, they made it a game. Uh, I mean, campaign played about as well as you could probably expect for a guy put into the position of being the starting point guard <laughs> on a new team with none of the best players healthy, right? Or I guess, you know, Tobias is healthy, but... And no plays he, to uh, run. <laughs> yeah. just, just. Well, so no plays to run, but campaign pointed out, and Nick Nurse actually had said this before the game, that he played under Adrian Griffin this year, and Adrian mm -hmm. Griffin used a lot of the, not only the Nick Nurse plays, but Nick Nurse terminology. And Cam actually had a, a training camp with Nick in Toronto at one point. So he was probably a lot more familiar than the average guy would be getting dropped in here. And frankly, like we could say he played well, mostly he just shot the ball well, right? Like yeah. he's not gonna shoot the ball from three like that every night, but gave him a good lift and you know, we'll see what happens with the uh, the Kyle Lowry situation we're all kind of waiting on, but at least it seems like he can give them some competent play for the time being. Uh, Buddy shot the ball poorly, as I probably all of us expected, because shooting is where, or Philadelphia is where shooting comes to die. I, I did think, 
that Buddy showed more offensively than I would have expected in terms of his reads, his passing. I thought he made some good skip passes tonight over the top mm-hmm. of the defense, hitting guys in the corners, had some nice uh, pocket passes out of pick and rolls. Like Atlanta clearly showed him a lot of respect. They were putting two on the ball or at least showing against him and pick and rolls from time to time. And not that he's going to be running a ton of offense by himself, but I think I feel a little better about him as a secondary guy off the bounce and creating for others than I, I would have thought coming in. So bad night shooting, but otherwise I would say uh, I was encouraged by the new additions for he sure. He did have six assists, by the way, but he healed. Yeah. Yep. And probably could have had a few more, honestly. Like six probably feels fair because – I don't know how high value those assists ended up being, but definitely created some open shots that were missed. So well, we were killing him, him because he should have had a seventh when he didn't pass it to Paul Reed because he was dribbling <laughs> too much underneath the basket wide open in the final three minutes of the game. But, you know, we're picking here. We're also killing him because time and place. It was just that would have been a big bucket. It was all. a big bucket, yeah. Um, I guess just overall, what, what were your impressions? Because you were at the press conference along with, we were just talking about it. What were your overall impressions and takeaways from the uh, Daryl Presser? I mean, honestly, it's just like, it feels like the same thing we've heard just about every year, right? Like they only want guys who upgrade the playoff rotation. I know that everybody right now is mad about Pat Bev and Jaden Springer. Uh, like I, I like you guys know, or you have seen the discourse as much as I have. I think we would all probably sit here and say like people like Buddy, right? Like think it was a yep. mm-hmm. at least a decent pickup. Maybe some haggling over the price, which I think is a bit silly, but people liked that, and it was more that they didn't do anything else of consequence, and their moves were selling off guys at a time where it feels like they need all the help they can get. So I get that, but Daryl's point. On Jaden specifically, I think is it kind of gives you a window into how he thinks, right? Like they don't view Jaden as a guy who is going to play in the playoffs this season and probably not next season. And if that's the case and that's the end of his contract next season, even with them picking up the option, they feel it's their duty, I guess, to move him for anything that will retain value for longer. So Look, I, it does feed into the whole idea that Maury is a an asset collector and looks at it from like a cold, hard numbers perspective. It ignores some of the recent play from Springer defensively. And I, I think we would all agree he had a skill set defensively that they just don't have on the roster anymore. Pair that with the fact that Beverly went out the door and he's one of your better point of attack guys. It hurts right now, but their belief or Daryl's belief, I should say, is that it doesn't really matter because he won't plays play in games that matter. So I get it. I get why it's frustrating to the fans, but you know, ultimately all this is like, we try to have the big picture in mind here. A lot of this stuff just simply doesn't matter until they get the rest of these guys healthy, right? Like we care about Jaden Springer right now because he needed to play when they had the full roster he was playing so little they had to send him to Delaware. Yeah. And so that tells you, I guess, what they all thought of him here. Now maybe that's a misread, but that's how they feel. Oh no, I I care about Jaden Springer on the ten percent chance he develops enough of an outside shot to be playable next year. That was my main focus of him. Um 
All right, I'm going to say one name for you, and you can riff on it however you want. We're just riffing, baby. <laughs> Mo Bamba. Oh, it's just it, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> like, well, I'm also look. trying to set you up for buyout talk too. So yeah, three black shots, man. Yeah. Come on. Oh, I, I was sitting here in the the press conference room, like get Bismack Biombo in here immediately. <laughs> I just, just at least that's a guy who, when there's a rebound opportunity, will make an attempt to go for the ball with right? two like, hands. I, by the way two hands with with any with a finger for that matter like just move your your hand your arm your elbow whatever like throw anything at it oh. and i i wrote it in the recap that i i did tonight the thing that pisses you off about at least pisses me off about watching bamba is that when you do get the effort and activity he had some great rim defense tonight, right? Like has yeah, four did. block shots. And I know he doesn't have to move that much. Like he's a guy who's going to hang back near the rim and go for block shots. But there's effort there. That's He's not just standing there with his arm in the sky like the chief in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and is just taller than everybody. Like there are real moments of activity for him. And so to see that juxtaposed against him doing absolutely nothing on rebounds. Uh, what I, I compared it in the recap to, you guys ever seen the movie Old School? Absolutely. Yes. With uh, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn and yep. uh, Luke Wilson. Wilson and all that. Yep. Mo Bamba rebounds like Will Ferrell acted after he got shot with the rhino dart at the kid's <laughs> birthday party. That's what I think when I watch him try to rebound. When I say try to rebound, Trying implies that there was effort. So I just don't understand. It's such a, I think the thing that makes me mad is like, it's such a waste of being tall. Like what's the fucking point? It's like, you're just, you're just tall for no reason. Make some use out of it. I don't, that's yeah. I, he infuriates me. Uh, I, I would take a guy. This is why you give Kyle an open-ended question on something you know that's going to get him going. You just wind I him would up take and... a guy like half a foot shorter <laughs> with 15% more activity for sure. Bismack Biombo, it is. I'll give you one more to go Come out. Come on, on down. On, on a much better note, uh, 11, no, pardon me, 12 minutes and 44 seconds of Turk. Yeah, listen, I, as much as I meme on Turk, <laughs> you can definitely see why he, they're reluctant to give him real he minutes. Settled right? down, like he settled down, though. After that first turnover, he settled down. Yeah, and first possession <laughs> that he comes on the floor, he throws the ball out of bounds, which that's not exactly as a, a guy masquerading <laughs> as a point guard going to endear you to the coaching staff. Uh, I will say he... When he is locked in and he's playing on ball D, you can see that the the want to is there. Unfortunately, he gets dislodged really, yeah. really easily. Yeah. Like guys can go right through him. I don't know how much of that will be made up over time. Like we'll see. He's going to bulk up. Obviously, he'll get sure. older. He'll get in the weight room, mm -hmm. whatever. But the frame is so small from a starting point that he is really going to have to shoot the shit out of the ball to, to make an impact. Like I, I would say this on a very serious note, I think there's a real chance that Ricky could make Go it. Go get him, like Rick. If you just, if yeah, you I just, need, I, I need yeah. you to confirm that there is a get him Rick on press road today. And because Devon didn't believe me. There was absolutely a get him Rick said by <laughs> Derek today. But I, I, I think, look, like he's got yeah. a major question mark to answer For with sure. the jump shot, obviously. 
But if you just look at how he, how guys bounce off him when he drives to the basket, he's got prototype size. He can guard a bunch of different guys. He didn't actually do anything, but it's very funny. He got brought in end of the first quarter and was defending Trey Young, and Trey just like dribbled it out of bounds. And I could have been, if we really wanted to like play it up for effect, could have been like, ah, oh, Ricky scared him. He yeah, dribbled he the like, ball out of bounds out of he fear. He just put his yeah. arms out and and he threw the ball out of bounds. It was like, oh, go get him, Rick. I knew it was happening. But like, look, he can. He's he's strong already. He's got like got a big NBA frame. He yes. moves well side to side. He's got good vertical explosion, as we see when you know he goes up for dunks and tries to finish around the basket. So if they theoretically hold one of these roster spots open between now and the end of the year, and let's say they get Kyle Lowry and Bismack Biombo, whoever the big is that they bring in, he could make a case over time to take that final roster spot, get like a, a, a deal in the future. I think yeah. now I, I don't know that he's going to play at all anyway, but I, I, I think he at least like with Turk, it's just like, is he making shots or not? Everything else is kind of projection. Ricky, you can see that guy can be put in a specific role right now as a slasher cutter and a decent defender and, and say with time and polishing, you could turn him in, in, into an NBA guy. So when I first got back with you guys and we talked about Turk and Ricky uh, Council and I said how much I like you guys, you guys already knew how much I like Rick, but I said it publicly to everybody else. And it was, I talked about, could he be when Bruce Brown couldn't do the stuff that Bruce, or didn't do the stuff that Bruce Brown does now uh, with the ball handling, running the offense and all that type of stuff. Could you see something developing in there with Ricky Council because of the size, the athleticism, less of the, of the creation stuff, but more of cutting baseline, slashing in the middle, going up for lobs, defender on the other end, that type of stuff. That's high end. If he can get there, great. But to, to your point, it's just being able to have a, a body like that uh, and, you know, the ability to do some stuff to give four minutes in a game that you might need to, to spell somebody for, for that time frame. Yeah. And look, it, it's, Yes, it's his body and his tools, but you have to know how to use it, right? Like, I, I think what impresses me right now is that he can weaponize it. Like, you watch him put his shoulder into guys, and they're getting blasted back a, a foot or two and creating space. Or they're getting moved, and then they're slapping down, and he's drawing fouls. Like, he's pretty consistently gotten to the free throw line in the limited minutes that he's played. And he's played. making and them now, Kyle. Yes, that and that is always going to be a valuable skill. So I, I've been lucky he didn't play that much tonight, and he was okay during his minutes, but I've been encouraged from some flashes we've seen. So we'll see. Like, I, I'm not expecting much, sure. but that's uh, on a night where they were kind of crappy for two, two and a half quarters. I, I just that's the kind of stuff I'm paying attention to because those are those are long term things for us to look into. Get it, Rick. Go, go get him. And we might see him tomorrow night against Washington, second yeah. night of back-to-back. -back. So there's that. Go get him, Rick. Kyle, thank you, man. As always, good to catch up. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We got post-game after Sixers-Wizards on a Saturday night. What could oh, be better? Oh, baby. What could be Nothing better? Nothing more exciting than that. That's the hottest ticket in town, baby. <laughs> yes, it is. Kyle, have a good night, man. Be safe getting home. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. Get home safe. Thanks, man. Make sure you guys go read Kyle at allphly.com. Check out the recap. A lot of stuff from Kyle and Derek, the diehard work. Also, Rich writing his, his daily newsletter as well. So the diehards, 
You want to get in there, make sure you become a diehard. Go check it out. You'll see the price points and all on our website. So go to allphly.com. You're like, oh, I can read this Kyle interview, but how come I couldn't, I mean, uh, article, how come I couldn't read that Kyle and that Derek and that Rich and, and Bo and, and Zach and Charlie? How come I couldn't read those? Well, because you're not a diehard. Become a diehard. And, and you're already a part of the community. You're already a part of the family. Go ahead, get in there, become a diehard, and you can get access to all of that. You yeah, get a T-shirt when you sign up, you all get, of it. You get a T-shirt, discount on merch. You get access to a Discord with Kyle and I are hanging out. Come Devon, hang it out Devon, at, Devon, at, we at the watch party. Get, we haven't been able to get Devon on Discord yet, but we'll, we'll do it. we I, can. I'll be in there. Kyle and I drop insider knowledge all the time. I, I broke news on there before I even he broke did. it on Twitter I didn't know that. earlier on in the season. So come on, hang out. It's always a good time. And you can get news and access about our watch parties and all yeah, that type of stuff. Speaking of a watch party. February 23rd. February 23rd. We're having a watch party, a, a Wells Fargo Center takeover against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It will be in section 217. If you don't know the Wells Fargo Center, there is a bar in that section. It's not a coincidence. Come on up, hang out, chat, have a good time, talk some basketball. It will be fun. And if you are familiar with where we sit in our media section, oh, it's right behind us. There. I'm not going down there for that game. I'm hanging out there. In no, the I'm just saying if people know yeah. where that is and they're like, well, well, what part of 217? We talk about game time and seeing your views. We're just telling you the view right, right. now. Right. It's right behind the basket uh, where the visiting bench is. Right there, so you can see great view. You're up high. You got the bar and the food right there, so it's easy. That will be February 23rd against the Red Hot Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. And before that, the night before, the other Red Hot New York Knicks. Knicks yep. Yeah. So uh, we get two games back to back, but our uh, time with you will be on that Friday night hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'll save the buyout names for both you and Kyle tomorrow to throw just some different names at you both, and uh, I'll, I'll save that there. But we do have. Chef uh, Jones, this is more for you, Derek, so I'm going to throw this one to you. Trade for Caruso. I guess we're talking in the offseason. Sign Max number free agent Paul George. Resign Buddy Heal. Is that financially possible? Not even close. What is and how do we fill out the roster this summer? So Buddy Thanks, Heel, Chef. He makes twenty. Or he makes $18 million right now. He will have a cap hold of about $27 million, 150% of his current salary. So in order to sign him, you either need to keep that cap hold on, which will retain his bird rights, but you need to keep that $27 million on your cap, or you need to renounce his rights, in which case then you'd be just signing him with the taxpayer mid-level exception or salary cap space. So I forget exactly what the max levels actually I should I can look that up real quickly. Okay. Um, but if you need to basically clear a max level starting salary to sign Paul George, you would need to renounce his rights. Uh, Paul George's next salary would be starting at $47 million. You might still have maybe $13 million starting point to play with. That would not be enough to bring back um, Buddy, Buddy Heald. Yeah. Okay. So you can do one of those three realistically, which is part of, the, of why they're in such a tough spot right now. Yeah. And how much money are they projected to have in the about offseason? $60 million. About $60 million. If they renounce everyone, that means renouncing DeAnthony Melton's Tobias rights. Tobias Harris. That means Tobias Harris, Robert Buddy Heald. And this is why I spent a lot of time talking. Like Daryl Morey would prefer to make a trade for a star player right now because then you can come back and bring back your role players like Melton, like Buddy, if you're able to still acquire him. You can get your star, like let's say it was a Siakam. And we all talked all the time about how he's going to be overpaid, but you can have Siakam and Buddy healed 
if you're able to bring them back. But yeah. It's going to be tough. If you actually want to go, quote unquote, star hunting, it would be tough. Well, first of all, there's no real stars in free agency outside of Paul George. Who's and not coming here, by the way. Yeah, He's not leaving LA. None of us really believe Sorry. Paul George is leaving the Clippers and LA to come here unless James Harden just goes completely yeah. Things completely go off the rails. But even if they did that, there's no way they get rid of James Harden and keep Paul George. Ball, yeah. Ballmer's not with that new arena opening yeah. up, not letting Paul George walk out. But if you w- did want to clear that cap space, it would be tough to do that while also keeping your depth. That's why I still think a trade in the summer is the most likely avenue. And you'll get all of that in the summer once the season is over and we get ready for the draft, we get ready for free agency. Maybe even going to Las Vegas for Summer League. Who knows what's happening out there? We'll get into all that. And also, if you're a diehard, you get that stuff in the written form from Derek. Man, we got a lot of people to thank. This was fun. Even though they lost by 6, 127, 121, it turned out a little better than we thought because they were getting rocked by 22. But then they turned it around. They gave us something to really talk about here tonight with you all, with Kyle, with Derek. We've been talking about nonsense basketball for so long. We got like maybe 15 minutes of game time where it wasn't nonsense basketball. And I'm freaking tickled pink, man. This was perfect. Look, we just did a whole, what, four minutes with Kyle and Derek on Ricky Counts of the Fourth. You know how many minutes he played? (laughs) He played six minutes and 35 (laughs) seconds tonight. And we got that type of content and that conversation out of it. This is why you come to PHLY Sixers podcast and, of course, the post-game show we thank you all for hanging out with us. Let's thank some people. We got a lot of people in the super chat tonight. All of that, Davon was getting with like a, a whole bunch. A whole bunch. Chef Jones, I know, had a super chat in there. Uh, who that else was our last one. Chat? We had Bernard. There you go. We had Al. What up, Al? We had we had them, and um, who else did we have in the in the chat to the talk normal about? Normal people, the ones who didn't give us money, but we love you too. We love you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey Morris, Coach Lyle Ricketts, Rick Morse, Tim Williamson, Money Mar. Even though he's had some questionable takes. And that's fine. We still love you. What we just, up, Mark? We just don't love every one of your takes. Not everyone. Jay the Jungle. Uh, what up, Jay? Let's see. Front running fan base. Regular. Where are we at? I, sh- I should have. Cannoli. But, what up? Cannoli, Cannoli just said he had a positive COVID test. Get well, Cannoli. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Make sure you take your medicine and rest. We've got SB in it's here. The weekend, too. X-Man. Corey Morris. Uh, it's a whole bunch of the same Barbara, people just arguing the entire Barbara's time. In there. Barbara's in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was some it's activity amazing. We got going hundreds of people in this, but it's like like 15 people that have been arguing the entire night. Bootzilla, I see Bootzilla what in up, there. Boots? Did I say cannoli? I think you I said cannoli. You did say cannoli because cannoli has COVID. We got crispy, a whole bunch of people. Crispy cream donuts? No, crispy. Oh. Crispy, oh, okay. not crispy. Okay. okay, my bad. I'm a little hungry, that's all. That's fine. Mateus, everybody, Alex, all the folks, Coach, that low that you said already. It's good to have everybody with us on a Friday night. We hope that you can hang out with us tomorrow on a Saturday as you get your weekend started. It's been decent weather with the fifty mid-50s. Yeah. It's nice outside. Enjoying this. Get to enjoy that. So we Heck hope that everybody yeah. enjoys it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't get sick. Cannoli, get well. Get better. We thank everybody for hanging out. And if you haven't already, Derek said it earlier, make sure you like as I'm going to like our own show right now here as I have it up on the screen. Yeah, like subscribe. It, subscribe. Hit the bell icon. Get notifications when they go on. If you want to come in here and that. join Got in the, the chat, you have to be a subscriber. And when we say subscriber, we mean subscriber to YouTube, not necessarily a diehard subscriber. We'd love to have you as a diehard subscriber too, but the chat, you just need to be a YouTube subscriber. That's free. So go hit that subscribe button. And look, we had a lot of people hang out with us on Thursday for our trade deadline special. A.A. Ron. We forgot to call A.A. Ron. Love the name, man. What up, A.A. Ron? 
Um, we thank everybody for hanging out with us yesterday. That was fun, man. Two hours, yeah. but it flew by because fly by. we had the, the content to talk about, yep. but we also had you all in the chat. And we had wings. And oh, man, did we have some hot wings, too. Oh, boy. Folks, we tried Ooh. that damn ludicrous, ludicrous. wing. Oh. We tried it. Boy. <laughs> we all had like snot coming out of our nose and our eyes were dripping, but we did it. But we Finished did it. it. Yeah, we, we did. We did it. And we do possibly have some video of that. So stay tuned for that because man, were they hot. Yes. So we thank the chicken or the egg again for hosting us. Some great food. And that was a hot wing. We go man. back there. You're doing five of them? You're doing the five challenge? I need money for that. <laughs> okay. I need money for that. I, I'll pay for the other ones, but I need money for okay. those because that was hot. And I like spice. That was hot. Yeah. So we thank everybody again for yesterday. We thank you for hanging out tonight. We hope to see you tomorrow. Again, we got a lot of people coming up with the bell. So we thank you with the bell. Buddy has some bricks tonight. They'll get better. We'll get some shots to fall. No worries. Four players scored over 20 tonight, led by Kelly Oubre. We didn't mention him. He had 28 to lead the team in scoring. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Brianna. We appreciate Kyle for checking in. Derek, this is always fun, man. We'll talk to you. we we get back at it tomorrow. Hopefully, Sounds we're talking good. about a yes, win and snap the losing streak. Everybody, have a good night. <laughs> 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 like the mayor.